I talk about suffering quite a bit and I write about suffering a lot. I love quotes on suffering. They inspire me. And yet, I don't want to suffer. That's right. Being honest, I don't want to suffer. When I think about the possibility of suffering, it scares me. Now, I know that because of my temperament, if I am in the midst of a very difficult situation, I will deal with it. Most likely, I will not fall apart. But if I think about any type of future suffering, I don't want it. And yet, there are saints that beg God for suffering. They crave it. Like you might crave a delicious food. Because they realize by suffering, they become closer to God. By aligning themselves with his suffering, they are aligning themselves with his will. And they so much want to be in accord with his will. They want to suffer. But that's not me. I know that. And I know it's something that I have to change. Today we're going to look at four aspects of suffering. Just some things that we should know. Including myself, the scaredy cat. Number one, we all have to suffer. If you want to become a saint, you're going to need to suffer. I'm going to need to suffer. Can't avoid it. Number two, even if you feel that you're weak and you cannot handle it, you will be able to handle it. God will give you the grace. Number three, suffering is a gift and a sign of how much God loves us. Yes, God sends us sufferings because of love. Number four, by suffering, we become united to God. And did you know that you can be united to God while on this earth? We'll be right back. Welcome to Lightsmithing. My name is Cynthia Burley. Mother Angelica once said, Holiness is not for wimps, and the cross is not negotiable, sweetheart. I love Mother Angelica. It is true that you will not get to heaven without suffering, period. Don't believe it if people tell you that's not true. We have to suffer. We have to be purified. And do you prefer to be purified while on earth or in purgatory? I prefer to be purified while on earth, at least to be partly purified so that my time in purgatory is not very long. We must suffer. And one reason that we must suffer is because suffering unites us closely to God. But we'll look at that a little bit later. Let's just say that you have to suffer. St. Teresa the Andes says, We are co-redeemers of the world, and souls are not redeemed without the cross. So when we talk of the cross, we're talking about suffering. Even Jesus told us to take up your cross. There's no reason to fight it. You have to take it up. I have to take it up. Even though I am not a great lover of suffering, 
I know that I have to suffer and I know that suffering will come. St. John of the Cross says, the road is narrow. He who wishes to travel it more easily must cast off all things and use the cross as his cane. In other words, he must be truly resolved to suffer willingly for the love of God in all things. And then St. Rose of Lima says, apart from the cross, there is no other ladder by which we may get to heaven. We have to suffer if we want to get to heaven. Don't want to go to heaven? Then don't suffer. Make everything easy. We have to suffer. The next thing I want to look at is, it's okay if you feel that you're too weak to suffer. God will give you the grace to suffer. There are so many people that go through difficult things in life and never thought they'd be able to deal with it. And yet they are dealing with it. I never knew that I would be able to deal with my brother dying when he was just 25 through a murder. It was shocking to me. I was young then and I felt immortal. I didn't think I'd be able to get through it. I didn't think that my mother would be able to get through it. And yet she did. God gave her the grace. Through life experiences, and I've been through a couple of dicey situations where I thought I would die. For example, during 9-11, I was near the World Trade because I used to work at One World Financial Center, which is connected to the World Trade. I was outside at the time, and by the time I arrived, the planes had already hit the building, and I was just standing there watching the building burns like a fool, where I should have taken my butt home, but I was sitting there watching. I remember I turned my head to the left for one second, and I heard this tremendous sound. I didn't know what it was, but out of the corner of my eyes, I just saw people running, so I began to run. I thought that another plane had arrived and was pretty much dropping bombs like in Pearl Harbor and I just ran. But I only ran for a few seconds and I bumped into something and I fell and I quickly got up because I was very aware of the possibility of being trampled. I didn't get trampled and I got up again and I ran a little bit more and I bumped into some kind of a pole or something. And then I just stood there while I felt something heavy pass over me so what I thought was that a bomb had been dropped and this was just everything exploding around me and I quickly shut my mouth because I felt something about to rush in closed my eyes for a while and I remember thinking specifically wow this is the end this is the end of Cynthia at that time I was an agnostic doing my craziness and I thought, wow, this is the end. And my kids were small. And I remember thinking, they'll never remember me. But I was pretty calm. Usually when I'm in these kind of situations, I'm calm. I don't know if it's the adrenaline. I just become calm and very clear-headed. Everything turned out okay, as you can see, because I'm still here. But I had another situation happen to me where I was held up at gunpoint. It was in a decent neighborhood. Around Christmas time, it was dark. I was coming home. I think I was in school at the time. I was taking an advanced course. My kids were at the babysitters in the building where I lived. And I felt someone tug on my bag. 
And I thought it was my cousin because my cousin also lived in the building. So I turned around half smiling and I saw this guy with a hoodie and he had a gun. And he pretty much proceeded to rob me. For some reason, I felt extremely calm. I just kept on telling him, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. I just went to buy some stuff from the store. I'm a single parent. You know, I just said, I'm sorry. And then at some point, I thought to myself, wow, if this guy takes my bag, I'm going to lose my permit. I'm going to have to go to the DMV. So I actually had the gall to ask the thief, can I have my licenses at least? He gave it to me. And I had at that point $700 in my bag. And because I was, I had withdrawn some money for a reason and it was in a deep pocket, but instead I just gave him the, the wallet, which had like $3. The guy gave me everything back, including that bag I had that had my books and the money. And after my 50th, I'm sorry, he said to me, that's okay. He left. And obviously that was God that protected me. The reason that I bring up these situations, you might say to yourself, man, Cynthia, you're brave, but really I'm not. What I've come to realize is that I'm brave when it comes to the possibility of dying, but I am not brave when it comes to the thought of being seriously injured and having to suffer, whether it's through some kind of maiming or some injury to my organs where I'm suffering for years or if I were to become a quadriplegic, I don't know how I would handle that. And I constantly beg God to not send me that suffering, which is not what I should be doing. I should be trying to live according to God's will and telling him that I will take whatever he thinks is proper for me. We all go through our moments of weakness. So I want to share a couple of quotes in terms of weakness. If you think that you're too weak, Believe me, God will give you the grace. St. Teresa of Avila says, When we are overcome by sadness, fear, or suffering, when the pains of loss overwhelm us, when evil seems to have taken power, let us look to the cross and be filled with peace, knowing that Christ has walked this road and walks it now with us and with all our brothers and sisters. St. Paul of the cross says, now St. John of the cross, St. Paul of the cross says, Place your hopes in the mercy of God and the merits of our Redeemer. Say often, looking at the crucifix, there are centered all my hopes. So when we fear that we won't have the strength to deal with the suffering that God sends us, know that we can put all our hopes on Christ, on the crucifix. He will give us strength. And lastly, St. Maximus of Turin says, Our Savior's passion raises men and women from the deaths lifts them up from the earth and sets them in the heights. So you may think that you're a wimp and you can't handle suffering, but when the time comes, as long as you pray to be in God's will, he will give you the strength. Hi there, this is Cynthia Burley. Please subscribe to Life Smithing with Cynthia Burley on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google. If you listen to us on iTunes and you love this podcast, we would be so ecstatic if you would give us a five-star review. Giving us five-star reviews help us to reach more people. Thank you so much and God bless.
the third amazing thing about suffering is that almost seems like an oxymoron. But what's amazing about it is that God sends us suffering because he loves us. In the natural, that makes no sense. Who causes a loved one to suffer? But let's look at this a little more deeply. St. Maximilian Kolbe says, the cross is a school of love. But how can that be? How can that be? I want to tell you the story of a fairly new Facebook friend, I think, that I made. Her name is Nicole Marie. And I found out pretty quickly that she's going through a very difficult trial. Her adult son has brain cancer. And she posts almost like a journal her experience dealing with the fact that her son has cancer and also the son's experience. The son's name is Patrick. So it's like a journal. She posts the good days and she posts the bad days. Sometimes I want to avert my eyes because it's so painful. Yet at the same time, it's so inspirational. She keeps it real. She talks about the disappointments. She talks about the hard days. She talks about the little things that bring joy. And she talks about making the most out of the time that she has left with her son. And of course, she talks about God's love. And sometimes I think to myself, you know, right now my life is pretty simple. I'm not going through anything extremely difficult. I do have some things that are happening in my life. Like, for example, I pray for the conversion of my children. But for the most part, my husband and I, we don't want to jinx it, but we're not going through that much. But when I see these posts from Nicole, I put them away in the back of my mind for later access. I know that eventually the suffering will come. And when the suffering comes... I'm going to remember these inspirational posts and they're going to be very helpful to me. So Nicole Marie, these quotes are for you and Patrick. First one is from Padre Pio. Padre Pio said, Jesus said to me, how many times would you have abandoned me, my son, if I had not crucified you? Beneath the cross, one learns love. And I do not give this to everyone but only to those souls who are dearest to me. Nicole Marie and Patrick, I'm so jealous. God loves you so much to give you this suffering. He loves you so much. He wants to purify you and unite you to him. It's a blessing. Although some days it might not feel like it. The second quote is from St. Paul of the Cross. The passion of Christ is the greatest and most stupendous work of divine love. The greatest and most overwhelming work of God's love. I hope these two quotes bless you. The last thing I want to look at when it comes to the cross 
is that the cross unites us with God. Do you know that we can be united to God while on earth? We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. We can really be united to God and his will right now. You can live a life where you don't take one step outside of God's will. That your will and his are one. There is no difference. Yes, we can all aspire to get there. Imagine that you were invited to a party at someone's house. You go alone. You barely know the host. Meanwhile, you're watching the host and the host has a lot of friends that are very close to him. He's laughing with them. He's joking. He's teasing them. And when you appear, he says, oh, hello, Mr. So-and-so. So happy to have you come in a very formal way. One day after we've been purified, do you just want to be an acquaintance of God that you have to get to know? Or do you want to meet God and say, how I've longed to see you? The cross unites us with God. Part of that conversation is the conversation of redemptive suffering. Redemptive suffering is any suffering or trial that you're going through. It could be physical, it could be mental, that we offer up so that we can unite with God. We express our love for Christ by uniting to him. And by uniting to him, we have shared goals. Why do we have shared goals? When you're in a relationship with someone, maybe you're dating them or courting them, or you're good friends with someone, don't you sort of start to adopt some of their goals? Like if they have a passion for bubble tea, let's say, for example, and they say, oh, let's go to this restaurant and have some bubble tea. And every time you see them, they're getting bubble tea. You know what happens sometimes? You start to like bubble tea. You start to adopt that passion of liking bubble tea. Or maybe they have a cause. They want to help feed the homeless and they're always talking about feeding the homeless. Next thing you know, you're at a pantry helping to feed the homeless. You've adopted their passions. What is Christ's passion? The salvation of souls. And so, by uniting our suffering to Christ, we become united in his goal. We suffer and we offer it up for those souls. Is suffering easy? No. And that's why it's valuable. If you offered up something that didn't mean anything to you, then how would it be valuable? How would it be a gift to God? You offer up something that's painful, that's hard for you to deal with. Also, by suffering, because we're suffering, and because Christ has that passion for souls, we're helping to save our own souls. We're able to offer up for reparation for everything that we've done in our lives that was wrong. And you know, some of us have a lot to make up for. So be united with Christ while on earth and suffer so that your purgatory may be short or even non-existent, I might say. I want to leave you with one last quote. And that quote is from St. Paul of the Cross. St. Paul of the Cross, if you don't know him, Please get to know him. He writes a lot about the cross and suffering. It says, 
The more deeply the cross penetrates, the better. The more deprived of consolation that your suffering is, the purer it will be. The more creatures oppose us, the more closely shall we be united to God. So guys and gals, remember that God sends us suffering because he loves us. And we will be able to handle it when it comes. He will make us strong. Offer it up when you're going through something difficult. Suffer for Christ. And lastly, the cross is not negotiable. You want to get to heaven, you're going to suffer. Have a blessed day. St. Ignatius of Loyola says, He who goes about to reform the world must begin with himself, or he loses his labor. Until we decide to reform ourselves, we cannot hope to have any influence on our families, our culture, our politics, our world.